0: What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 22 and today we're going to be talking about NXT and NXT UK from this week's episode, the 30th of January 2019 on the WWE Network. We're also going to be having a look at the Royal Rumble from this previous uh, Sunday, just gone, Um, but I've got another guest host for me today. So uh, uh, last episode I had one of my wrestling friends, uh, Matt Bayliss, who jumped on board for the TakeOver review and today I've got David Anderson. So uh, welcome David.
1: Um, good to be here or good to listen, be part of the show I've been listening for a couple of times and uh, really enjoyed it so glad to be part of
0: it excellent well it's fantastic to have you on board uh, Dave is going to be helping us uh, uh, review the Rumble and NXT and NXT UK from last night um, but uh, just to get to know a little bit about yourself David. Uh, hopefully you know this won't be the only time we'll have you on board so uh, let our listeners get to know you a little bit better um, tell us a little bit about, a bit about your wrestling fandom um, how did you Ooh. first get, uh, get interested in wrestling what was your first memory? Uh, tell us a little bit about how you kind of really got hooked on professional wrestling.
1: Let's wind the clock back to the medieval thing. <laughs> shall we? Um, um, well, probably first memories were sitting in front of the TV, in front of world of sport, like yeah. a lot of a um, bit older fans. Yeah. Um, you know, um, and then, obviously, uh, actually, one of my first memories of, you, you know, your big-time WCW or uh, WWE, people might be surprised to learn that the first one I watched was WCW. On, right. Um, uh, it was on nighttime here, and you'd get it at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and, uh, you know, you had Sid and uh, Lex Luger and Sting and yeah. Ric Flair and the Horseman, all that good stuff. You, you remember
0: know? it very well. Remember it? Yeah, very well.
1: yeah, and my first actual big event that I went to, which a lot of people around my age, was actually SummerSlam 92,
0: Ah. I
2: was
1: I was up there in about row eighty nine or something with the girlfriend <laughs> at the time, but you know it it was a spectacle, and even just walking down to the arena, you had like you know you couldn't see the street for people, and it was just the 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 whole you know event and the whole just the the, the feeling of it. You know, it's like we're getting something special, and uh, hopefully we will again. You know, because uh, everybody's crying out to get a, another pay per view. So got takeover, so I suppose that's kind of, you know, heading in the right direction. Yeah, to
0: get another big event like SummerSlam I mean, I was at SummerSlam 92 and I remember it very fondly and it was a um, (laughs) I I was there, so uh, I remember that it was a lovely sunny day and as you got closer to the stadium you could feel the atmosphere feel the excitement and um, uh, when you got in there, it was just like nothing I'd ever felt before, but uh, SummerSlam will always live in my heart as well, so moving on, um, who would you say was your your favourite wrestler of all? Time in David.
1: I think it's no secret that anybody that looks at my timeline or, or knows anything about me, it's Shawn Michaels. Ah. Uh, a, a lot of people, you know, talk about how he is as, as, as a person and stuff like that. Whether it, you know he's and well, the whole religion thing and all the rest of it, but you know, you can't dispute the man. Even people who didn't like him and uh, know he's a fantastic worker, you know, he, he, can, he can literally point at the poem and get them to boo, and then point at himself and get them to cheer. You know, so he, he's just one of a kind for me, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of favourites now. I couldn't uh, pinpoint anybody in particular, but uh, Shawn Michaels has always been
0: my boy. <laughs> yeah, now I must admit, growing up, I couldn't quite click with Shawn Michaels. I was more of a Bret Hart fan. And it's I think all, it's
1: I, always one way or the I other. I <laughs> think it was always
0: one or the other, isn't it? It's yeah, like Star Trek I, I, I or Star Wars. But uh, <laughs> yeah, So, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe it was his character. Maybe he was playing his, maybe he was playing his character yeah. too well, and I just exactly. didn't like him as a hero. Maybe I just preferred baby faces as a youngster. But, uh, it looks like, looking back on his body of work, and as I got older and appreciated heels more um, yep. as a lot of people do when they tend to get older as wrestling fans um, I think I grew to uh, to like Shawn Michaels more um, but uh, yeah definitely uh, one of the best and, and my favourite uh, would be Ric Flair so uh, along some uh, similar Michael veins a, a, can, yeah. a typical heel <laughs> yep so uh, definitely it's the, it's the character that I enjoy uh, like I say uh, Ric Flair one of the greatest characters out there so final yeah. question for you so our wrestlers can get to know you a little bit better what would you say was the the, uh, the best show you've ever been to would it be oh, SummerSlam night? two, or would it be something more yeah, recent? No,
1: probably, you, you put this on the spot, because I go to, uh, again, a, a lot of people know, I go to a lot of uh, Rev Pro shows, and, and things like that, I mean, th- there's probably, if I could, like, actually have the time to think about it longer, there's probably half a dozen, but I mean, one of the first Rev Pros I went to in Shinsuke Nakamura was wrestling against Demo, and I actually got to meet Shinsuke, and, I, and it was never, I've never been more nervous in my life, I mean, i probably met about, like, four or five hundred wrestlers, mm. and you know, and of, of varied levels, from starting out right up to w superstars and and you know this this guy, he's standing there, and literally two yards away, I've got um, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Okada, so that you know didn't help with the nerves, and then I get there, and, I, and I, a lot of people know this story, probably like a year and a by now uh, for my friends, <laughs> but uh, it's, I, I got there, and I was literally so nervous that when I, I got the 8 by 10 and the teacher with him, I walked away without the 8 by 10 so I had Shinsuke and Nagamora following us around the, uh, the the York Hall with me 8x10, for so just showed you what a nice fella he was, and he, and he, and he put the belt that he had. At the time in the IWGP uh, in the I think it was uh, on my shoulder, and, and I, I still love that picture. You know, isn't isn't the best like you know uh, graphically or whatever? Um, but it, it, it's the memory, you know, and just how nice he was. And, and I've been lucky enough that ninety nine point nine percent of wrestlers I've met have always been nice and always very professional. So, you know,
0: excellent. Uh, Excellent. lots of lots of stories there I'm sure so let's, let's, let's uh, have a look at uh, the Royal Rumble so uh, um, what did you think of the Rumble overall then David having kind of oh, thought geez. about it it happened on Sunday so a few days removed now what did you think about it overall?
1: I think it's very hard. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree that anybody who sits and watches it from the outset to the end, you know, it is a long haul, but I mean, with watching it the next day, and watching it in a couple of bites. I watched about half of it before work, and then the rest of it afterwards. It was a lot more palatable, you know, Um, and I did, as I told you just before we came on air, I did skip one match, which was the Shane McMahon and and Miz match, but, you know, uh, overall, I I thought it flowed quite well. It it seemed to go quite quick, considering the the length of it, and, you know, um, uh, a decent atmosphere. it's always a bit weird with acoustics with, you know, a big arena like yes. that. It's very hard to tell if if people are fully into it. And I'm sure a lot of people were drained by about, you know, two, three hours in, plus the pre-show and yeah. everything else. So, But I, I thought it was a really good. And, it, and it, what I like most about it is it left you with the impression that there were you know, trying to push a few new faces as well, you know, get a, get a few few na- names out there in the various rumbles, but I'm sure we'll discuss
0: that. Absolutely. Lots, lots of uh, NXT talent uh, showing up uh, between the two rumbles, and I what can't wait to thing? talk about them. So, uh, <laughs> um, But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was described uh, as the longest WWE pay-per-view in history, even longer than uh, WrestleMania 34. Uh, and I was there. I know that that was a long one. But, uh, um, so, we're including the pre-show, and I think the main show went nearly five hours. I think yeah. people were sat there for for close to seven hours in total oh my God. <laughs> uh, but, but uh, the reports I heard and uh, you know having watched it as well was that it was it was an enjoyable uh, show and it, and it flowed well as you said yeah. and not only that it uh, didn't seem to last as long as the you know seven hours would uh, would suggest on paper yeah. but um you know because the matches were, were quite enjoyable the rumbles were enjoyable and I think it had some uh, some some good outcomes outcomes that uh, may have been predictable in some senses but uh, definitely uh, ones that we wanted so we, we're talking about that and let, let's go to match number one i'm, I'm not going to touch on the the pre-shows uh yeah. the, the pre-show matches asker versus the man becky lynch <laughs> so um I, I i have has the hype regarding becky lynch has that kind of caught your attention as well david
1: i i lo I love Becky and it's nice to see the fact that you know she's getting pushed to the forefront finally, I mean you know people talk about a work rate or whatever, but you know you don't always have to be the greatest worker in the world and, and you know and and they do what they're allowed to do on t v and whatnot we We don't fully know what they're capable of all times, but you know I mean Steve Austin didn't get over by having you know five star classic technical right. matches he, he got by by being the character that he was and you know being able to you know stomp a mud hole and people and uh you know, I'm loving that, you know, that element of that with Becky the that people have, you know, referred to, where uh, the kind of like the the anti-establishment, you know, I'm going to go out and do my own thing and kick ass and I don't care who, you know, who says what, I'll do my own thing, you know, and I like that, you know, it's it's given a bit of creative freedom and I'm all for that with any wrestler, you know. Absolutely,
0: so. and I think, I think the uh, the rise of Becky Lynch in the last six months, eight months, you could say, it's been a combination of, of how um, Daniel Bryan uh, came to prominence, uh, very much uh, fan-driven, and also how Steve Austin came to prominence with his kind of anti-authority character, so it's a combination of the two in my, in my eyes. Um, uh, but uh, she, she, she had a reasonable match here but she ended up on the losing side the match went 22 yeah. minutes and Asuka ended up uh, winning the match so th- there was quite a few key spots uh, throughout the match it did flow quite well there was quite a few uh, arm bars and I know uh, Asker put on her Asuka lock on a few occasions and uh, she actually won via submission uh, when she um, slapped on the Asuka lock and actually kind of uh, kind of bridged uh, put an extra bit of talk into the into the move yeah. by bridging backwards um,
1: that'll be wasn't it almost? That's right. Yeah. Like, yeah which forward and you know, a bit of a Daniel Bryan fan, maybe. But uh, I think what I like and, and I kind of put out my notes here, but for a, a lot of the women's matches now, it's becoming more like fights. You know, you always had yeah. back in the day, like when there were the divas. You had the hair pulling and the scratching and the choking on the ropes and that. And now it looks like two people actually. Obviously, we know about the pre blah blah blah. Yeah. But you know, um, it, they look like. Uh, not only laying it in, but they look like two people that are struggling to try and get the better of each other, you know. And I've, I found that at the Ronda match too, but we, I'm sure we'll get to that
0: as yeah. well. Yeah, and what I also liked about this, and this is obviously um, a, a little bit of confirmation that the company are back behind Asuka 100%. Uh, obviously, she, she won the title at TLC. Uh, she, she was an absolute killer in uh, NXT, as we know. Uh, came yep. over to the WWE. She, she was made out to be, you know, um, still the, the killer to a certain degree. Um, and then she went to WrestleMania. And then after a loss to Charlotte, it did kind of go downhill um, especially with her feud with Carmella which we don't want to talk about but say certainly towards the back in the 2018 she did kind of redeem herself did seem to get her mystique back again and uh, she's now kind of that killer Asuka again and it was great to see her go over you know, the, the most over person in WWE um, on Sunday nights and a good win for Asuka making her look very, very strong, hopefully going Definitely. into WrestleMania as the SmackDown champion.
1: Definitely. I think the problem that people had when Asuka did eventually lose was not the fact that she lost, it was the way she lost. I mean, you know, she was, this, as you said, a killer in NXT and a killer on the main roster for such a long time. And then to lose, where, you know, there wasn't really any build to that submission. There, was, there wasn't, there was oh, she's got a seriously bad leg and she can't put any weight on it. And, yeah. and there's been a couple of times where, uh, you know, Charlotte's managed to slap on the figure four and you know, the figure eight and she's she's managed to get out of it. It was just so sudden that I think it just shocked a lot of people and not in a good way, you know. It was yeah. it was like, well, what happened to the last three years of her being unstoppable, you know? It, it felt a bit selfish in the book, and if, if that's the right way of putting it, you know? If she'd lost and it was built to, I think people could have understood it a lot more, the the suddenness of it, it was just almost, I, I'm sure people thought she was being punished or something like that, but yeah. you know, losing to a top person in a WrestleMania match isn't exactly being punished uh, or buried as some people might say mm-hmm. but, uh You know, uh, but hopefully now, as you say, she's back on track and we'll get the Asuka revolt.
0: Well, absolutely. One thing that I find slightly ironic about Asuka is that it appeared that she wasn't getting pushed or getting the the full support of Vince McMahon because she wasn't good at promos. You know, English is not her first (laughs) language. Um, But more recently... They, she's been uh, doing promos in Japanese. She's shouting yeah. at her opponents in Japanese. <laughs> so it, it, it sounds like um, Vincent Manners, or uh, the creative team has, has done a full 180 and uh, are actually embracing the fact that she is blow and behold she Japanese really and, uh, and, and, and can down. actually you know give, do some show some real passion um, in her you know Japanese um, promo ability. So uh, it's funny how yeah. it's turned around, but I think that's become a real positive to uh, ask her in the WWE at the moment. So uh, good for her
1: totally agree totally agree good so i know Not you me didn't Iranian.
0: I know you didn't watch this match, Shane McMahon and The Miz uh, versus Sheamus and Cesaro. Uh, to be okay. honest with you, you you didn't miss too much. It was it was a fairly quick uh, match. I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there, there were a few interesting spots there. Um, so uh, the, 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 the Shane McMahon did his um, let's see, he did his coast to coast. But I yep. think uh, on one attempt, he actually got caught in midair by Cesaro, and Cesaro did his uh, giant swing. Um, right. And uh, let's see, Sheamus. Uh, Nailed his own partner Cesaro with a bro kick and then Shane executed a tremendous shooting star press and pinned uh, Pinned Sheamus for the one two three so off of a shooting star press and that was the best move of the match It was absolutely fantastic. So we got new tag team champions in The Miz and Shane McMahon. Uh, What are your thoughts?
1: Uh, I'm just I'm just wondering where we go from here. Looking at the the roster of SmackDown and and who they're going to face next, and hopefully it's not just going to be another makeshift front to give team, you know, somebody that maybe deserves it. I don't know if um, you know the likes of uh, Gallows and Anderson are in any position yet, but maybe they can be rebuilt. Uh, we can only hope. But yeah. um, you know, obviously the the tag team division, the, uh, there's been you know talk of them trying to revive it a bit. And you're, you're always a bit hesitant when it comes to the tag team More cruiserweight divisions in WWE. You yeah. hear these things, and then it never comes to anything, and we just keep holding on to false hope. Yeah. I mean, NXT, NXT's proved that. You know, you can have interest in tag team wrestling that, that fans, you know, are invested in. You only have to look at TakeOver, you know, and the match that opened that. And I mean, Undisputed Era, I mean, for my money right now, one of the best teams in the world, you know. It's like yeah. the the unreal and, and the bring tag team wrestling back, which is what made the revival so special in NXT. And hopefully can again if they decide to give it that push on Raw, you know. But, uh, yeah. I think my issue is, with, with, I mean, a lot of people's issue is the same thing, is that, uh, yes, Shane's over, and yes, he does some nice high spots and and things like that, and, you know, a lot of the stuff in between it can be a bit ropey, you know, and I I can understand the nostalgia thing and whatnot, but uh, to me, it's like I'd prefer somebody else to be in that position, getting that shot, you know. He's a a part-time, like, patch on, you know, a long-term problem, you know, so I think we need to start building those new stars, especially in the tag team vision.
0: Absolutely I couldn't agree more and uh you know Bearing in mind that they've just won the SmackDown belts, what, what's happened to Sanity? You know, we've barely seen them on TV. They've they've been on the main roster since uh, around WrestleMania time last year, so it's you know getting close to a year now. We've barely seen them on TV. Um, the you show. know, when when are they going to get their, their chance? So it'd be maybe maybe with uh, Miz and Shane uh, as a as a as a babyface combo, it might be an opportunity for lesser known teams such as Sanity to get involved to possibly hold. challenge them. Maybe maybe because. Um, Maybe that maybe the bar need a, a bit of a change of opponent as well. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, it, it could could the Shane and Miz combo be leading to a possible match between the two of them at WrestleMania? I think that's I the, that's <laughs> that's the rumor going around at the moment. But because uh, you know somebody has to be the opponent for Shane, Yes, uh, has to have his WrestleMania moment, of course. So that'll be interesting to see who the two of them uh, are I, up I, I don't know about you, but I just don't feel
1: Miz as a face. At at all, I I know he's kind of like tweener and ride the fence at the moment, but it's like you know, Miz always works better as a heel. I've never been a huge Miz fan, but you know, I will say one thing about the guy: like whether you like he's wrestling or not, the character is the type of person that you really just want to punch right in the face. (laughs) So he's totally doing his job in that respect. Yeah, absolutely.
0: No, he's he's definitely a much better heel. Um, You know, probably only a few months ago there was talk of um, uh, you know his rivalry with Daniel Bryan didn't really get off the ground when Daniel Bryan returned uh, last year, and but there was talk of maybe Daniel Bryan getting the championship, which he did eventually, and then facing the Miz at WrestleMania for the championship, but, you know, that's kind of fizzled out as well, so... Um,
1: it's it, probably due to the quality of the matches that probably stalled you know, on it,
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, moving on to match number three of the Rumble, and it was uh, uh, for the women's championship match, the Raw uh, championship, Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks. So, was you looking forward to this match going into it, David?
1: I, I was, you know. I, I mean, I, I like the fact that we seem to be, again, getting the Sasha Revolve, just much like yeah. the story with Asuka. We seem to be getting the NXT Sasha back. You know, I, I really like the promo when, you know, as she was talking about you don't have to give me respect, kind of thing. You know, yeah, I, I've already earned that respect. I'm a four-time women's champion and, you know, she didn't mention NXT, but, you know, um, and, and in this match, I felt like, we got the wrestling, Sasha Revolt. You know, people knock off her. Everybody makes mistakes, and then especially when you're doing dives and things like that, you know, everybody's going to make a mistake sooner or later. And, and people have been ragging on, you know, Sasha about this and that. But that's, I think she's a great wrestler, and I think she proved it here. And I actually think, you know, Ronda's match here and with, with Bailey on Raw, were our best two wrestling matches that she's had the date. Yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, and, and, and again... That going back, that, that scrappy style, the counters, the, you know, getting on the ropes with each other, like by the ropes and, you know, snapping each other off and, and the struggling to get the arm bars. And, and she's kicking her when she's got her on her submission to try and kick her arm away so she can slap the submission. It's, it's all good stuff. It looks like a struggle. It looks like an athletic contest. You yeah. Know? Not, this it's one, not a diva
0: slap fight. This one was definitely a fight and uh, definitely yeah. one of Sasha Banks's best matches in a long time. And we think fondly okay. back to her match with Bailey um, at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn 1. Um, from 2015 and that was an absolute fantastic match and she's had had some good matches with with uh, Charlotte on Raw in the past uh, but this is probably her best match since that series with uh, Charlotte and certainly since that match with Bayley on NXT but to just a few key spots that came out through the match uh, there was one moment where um, Sasha Banks went diving through the ropes and she was caught by Ronda Rousey Um, and and uh, let's see so Banks actually tapped out, uh, but on the outside on of the, the ring. Floor. And yeah. Ronda was
1: like signalling it, like as if, they, oh, this means I've won. As, as if they didn't quite still fully get the rules of? The yeah, exactly, year. nothing
0: could be done. So, uh, um, and then uh, Banks manages to apply a bank statement on Rousey in the middle of the ring. Uh, but Banks uh, comes out the winner in the end with a piper's pit. So you don't often see Ronda Rousey winning by pinfall. It's normally by yeah, submission normally like by, by armbar.
1: I would like to put in and say Sasha did a fantastic counter the first time that um, she tried the Pipers pit. Um, yep. and, and it was almost like a cross-body-like um, power slam, almost maneuver, like, why should the counter out of it? And I thought that looked really good. The, only, the two little gripes that annoyed me about that match. One has got nothing to do with the match. It's this obsession with have showed every single... And I know that's in multi-languages and stuff like that, but showed every single announcer, <laughs> every single yep. time. It drives me up the ball. And the other thing is... Ronda Rousey's gear. She seriously needs to get some gear that she doesn't spend half the match adjusting because it does distract you away from the match. It starts to annoy me after a while. Very true. Seriously, get some gear that fits. I'm sure you can afford it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so all in, all in all, I thought it was a good match, and I actually thought it was it was better than the Becky Asker match. Um, yeah, and uh, point, def- yeah. definitely up there as one of the matches of the night, as far as I'm concerned. But uh, yeah, Ronda won by pinfall, uh, and then at the end, uh, the tour on the outside, and Banks throws um, uh, Ronda a little bit of shade by putting up the the horsewomen sign. Um, now this has been rumbling under the surface for many many years. You know, will the MMA four horsewomen face the WWE four horsewomen? Will, will it get together will it even be you know a possibility will it be any good as a match um, but uh, do you think it's likely to happen David uh, well well,
1: I mean we hear from the scuttlebutt that it's not going to happen but how many times like WWE throws that type of false information out and then we find uh, three months later you know they are going ahead with it. Yeah. Uh, it may only um like stumbling block with that would be, you know, the experience level of Jessamine Duke and uh, Mia Shafia, you know, um, yeah. obviously um, they're still down in NXT, they're still very green, they're learning, but I mean, you know, Ronda was in that same spot last year, and you know, with with a competent opponent, and you know, the the WWE horsewomen are competent opponents, then maybe they can hide the shortcomings, and you know, you, you often find in WrestleMania, you look at a match on paper, and you go, oh my God, it's, you know, this versus that, and you go, this is going to be an absolute train wreck, and then you get some a bit special, you know, so yeah. we to only hope for that if it, it does come to pass.
0: So just one final thing on the Ronda Rousey Sasha Banks match. Where does this leave Sasha now that she's uh, lost uh, to Ronda Rousey? You know, uh, is she gonna be kept strong to possibly be have I'm a hoping
1: rematch? A I'm hoping a heel yeah. turn because uh, you know we've all be I mean Sasha again is another character that works better. I mean, you know, the whole boss thing lends itself to arrogance and being a heel so, you know, and I think she, she thrives better in that, you know, when she's being bitchy. Yeah. So um um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say that, but I don't know what that sets up opponent-wise, and you know maybe it's going to be here in Bailey, you know, because you turned the back on her or whatever to start with. But yeah. uh, and I, I don't, I mean, yeah, you know, on in NXT, fantastic match, but Bailey and Sasha are on Raw, it, it seems that, like they're holding back. I don't know if that's you know the producers or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, it's just like a lot of people. It, it doesn't seem the same animal from NXT to yeah. the to the main roster. We'll, we can
0: only hope for the yeah, best. I mean, me, me personally, I think that uh, Banks and Bailey will probably be the first um, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, or they'll certainly be in contendership, and then we'll probably see a bit of a split and maybe uh, an eventual match between the two of them. But uh, yeah, uh long she, as it's not
1: Naya and Tamina. Oh exactly, <laughs> exactly. So hopefully, there's uh, bigger
0: and better things down the lo- line for uh, Sasha Banks after uh, you know a bit of a, a wobbly year or so. So moving yes. on to the Women's Royal Rumble. Now, I thought that this was a, an excellent Royal Rumble. It's started off with Lacey Evans and Natalia uh, um, so, so I like Lacey as well um, and um, I, I wasn't a fan of her on NXT but I, she, I did start to warm to her to be honest with her on NXT um, but I think that she's the she's the perfect character for the WWE product She's she's, she's yep. got the character she's got the gimmick um, she's got the uh, annoying southern drawl and uh, she, she, she's actually not too she's fairly handy in the ring as well um, there was one or two spots where she tried to kip up and slipped over, but I think besides that she held her own and I think she she looked pretty good in this Rumble, how do you think that Lacey fared? I
1: think, um, I mean, you know uh, as you said, I mean, I knew she was like a decent wrestler, I mean obviously she's training people in the performance centre and and things like that she's involved in that as well, so you know um, so she's obviously got the mechanics there, but I I could never quite take to the character, but it's like, you know, they couldn't decide if it was Army, they couldn't decide if it was Southern Bell you know, Um, but the position of an you know, you're a bit worried when the, all of these ones come up from NXT, where they're going to be, how they're going to use them. And, you know, to put somebody in that number one spot in the Royal Rumble and not only let them wrestle the match, but let them have a promo and then let them look competitive against, like, top stars like Charlotte. I mean, she held her own. Like, she's, she's given as good as she's getting yeah. with Charlotte at some points, you know. Normally, Charlotte will come in with somebody new like that and just, you know, I'm Charlotte, so you've got to bow down kind of thing. And mm. it was nice to see that a lot of the NXT uh, girls got to be competitive and not just had the pee of the Jews,
0: you know. So. Definitely, definitely. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rattle through some of the key entrants and, and I'm going mm-hmm. to cover off in a bit more detail some of the NXT uh, girls that uh, appeared in this Rumble. So obviously, Lacey Evans and Natalia started off. Then Billy yeah. Kay was at number seven. Now she she wasn't getting in the ring for love money <laughs> until Peyton Royce uh, turned up. And then Peyton Royce did turn up, but I think uh, Billy Kay kind of got flattened by Nikki Cross on the on the rampway. So Billy Kay ended up in the ring sooner than she was hoping. So Nikki Cross came in at number eight, and then took out everybody with a flying crossbody we had charlotte flair in at number 13 um so i think when she came in business really started to pick up to be honest with you, things started to get a little bit more serious and a lot more fun then some nxt entrance so number 14 we had uh curry sane um uh, who got a
1: huge pop she got she
0: got a fabulous pop yeah absolutely and 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 i i I shouldn't sound surprised at that to be honest with you um but i know that she's one of the favorite characters in, in nxt but I I don't know whether her character has properly clicked until very recently with the NXT and maybe the WWE audience. So maybe it's just yeah. starting to kind of catch fire now. To be honest with you, but I, I I'm really enjoying her kind of uh, makeshift tag team with Io Shirai, and I've I've seen them on TV over the last few weeks, and they're really clicking. So we'll talk more about yeah, that combo a bit later on. But uh, I I don't know whether that's having uh, you know a bit of a positive effect on her individually. But uh, she did get a great response at number fourteen and number sixteen. Yeah. We had Naomi now. Naomi, um, uh, I think she uh, eliminated Mandy Rose, and then Mandy Rose yeah. kind of pu- pulled her off the apron, or, or kind of eliminated yeah. her. Female club and-
1: coffee
0: cakes. That's right, and she, <laughs> she uh, managed to get herself up onto the the, uh, the barrier at ringside, walk all the way around. There was a little stumble there, but then she did this huge leap from the barrier to the that ring steps, um, and then uh, and then I think she got she got pulled off the ring steps by Mandy Rose so she was eliminated but that was very impressive and you can always expect uh, Naomi to pull off uh, an, an exciting and she's number one as well that like yeah.
1: you know people uh, can be oh she's scrappy she's this she's that but you know I, I think she's she you know she delivers more often than she, she messes up you know and and while we're talking about like you know huge pops I mean you know poor Ke- Casey canzaro got cricket yeah. and like, nobody knew who she was but by the end of that match they certainly knew who she was
0: they really did uh, so Candice yeah. Candice LeRae came in at number, number 17 and Casey Catanzaro at number nineteen. So um, Casey Catanzaro, she's shorter than I am. She, she's less. She, she's not even five foot. Poor girl. But she is like a little spider monkey. I mean, I think she uh, she got nearly eliminated at one point. She managed to keep her feet off the ground by by sitting on the outside, and then she crawled up the uh, she crawled up the, the, the ring post and back into the ring. She did a hand. She actually walked to the ring on her hands, didn't she? And then back up yeah, the ring post. Well, it was incredible. Yeah, if
1: you think back to um, the May Young, Class- uh, Young Classic this year, she she did a similar thing just to enter the ring. She basically like, like climbed up it like she was climbing rocks, you know, but uh, yeah. it, it's crazy for somebody in just the first year in wrestling. And, you know, I don't think it's any secret. A lot of people that, you know, read the sheets and whatnot, know that her and Ricochet are involved. So, yeah. you know, she's only with somebody like that in your ear, you know, you're only going to get more fantastic in the ring. And, you know, I could see like in two, three years, if WWE don't get impatient, like they do with a lot of talented people, then she could be one to keep an eye on, you know, because wow. she's certainly got the athleticism.
0: Absolutely. I've actually heard um, from one or two reports that she might be going straight up to the main roster. She might bypass NXT altogether. So that could be an interesting one. I think that yeah. she's very high on a lot of people's radars, um, kind of in the back but office. But
1: too much too soon? Maybe. you know, got
0: to be careful, yeah. Maybe. I mean, she's yeah. an, an injury warrior after all though, David. So, yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> they like all that. Um, so, <laughs> number 23, we had Io Shirai, and Io Shirai didn't even make it into the ring before. She's moons, salting off of the top turnbuckle onto the right, right squad on the outside No, I thought that was an amazing spot and uh, although some of her moonsaults in the Mayhem Classic were a little bit uh, off the oh, mark uh, she's been <laughs> absolutely fantastic since especially um, you know when she's been helping uh, um, Kyrie Sane in a battle against uh, the Horsewoman women Shayna Shana Beza. that that, yeah, I that think, moonsault she did have got more then,
1: comfortable because they've mm- got like you know somebody that they can well, I don't know, bounce off or they'll just be around you know backstage maybe having that extra person that can speak to in the home tongue and just like relax a little bit more and you know so i mean you know she probably didn't have many friends when she come in and you know hopefully that's going to lend her to relaxing a little bit more in the ring yeah
0: she looks very comfortable very comfortable so number 24 we had rhea ripley now um when i first saw rhea ripley in the 2017 may young classic uh, didn't really kind of click, but then she's come back with this heel persona, and yeah. I, I think she's an absolute revelation. And uh, she deserved to win the NXT UK Championship. Although, when if you read the spoilers, you might have been a bit surprised by kind of uh, kind of uh, why why was she in the tournament to start off with? But then she mm. made a very credible champion, um, and I think she's got a really bright future ahead of her. What do you think of Rhea Ripley uh, I definitely
1: think like she she's grown into the role. I mean, I'm sure we'll get the NXT UK this week, but like, the promos are picking up. Up, the characters picking you know, up yeah. it just adds a little bit more variety in the move set and gets that and gets those moves over, you know. I mean obviously we know about the riptide but when she does that like standing um Clover Leaf oh, maybe I love if, that. If, if maybe we get a few people like tapping out of that then people would see it as a dangerous move because obviously like right now in these early days people are going, Oh well people aren't gonna tap out of that because nobody you know, we get we get educated into knowing what's a what's a finisher and what's what's a match ender and you know but uh, you know she she's got the size, she's got the look, she's got the youth, she's yeah. got the you know the promos will improve and with the help. I mean you've got Shawn Michaels and Triple H and a handful of others in the in the performance and you can't help but improve. You know and uh, and I think uh, I watched a little thing about um, the performance center sort of like behind the scenes and the girls at the Royal Rumble and you know their reaction to being in it and all that and you could see the sort of camaraderie between even the likes of Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley and all that. It's it, NXT is the brand and we want to show. That you know, where a brand apart, we're not a developmental. We're our own brand, you know, and we deserve to be recognised for
0: that. So. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, Casey Catanzaro, when uh, Ree Ripley got in there, there was this wonderful spot between the two of them where uh, Ripley, where well, Casey was kind of flying all around the body of, of Ripley, ending up yeah. kind of giving her a DDT. And I know that they used that spot when they faced each other in the Mae Young Classic uh, right, in 2018. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, maybe you know that could be a little bit of a rivalry that similar to maybe a Rey Mysterio and an Andrade you know somebody yeah. smaller that can bounce around and fly around somebody stronger that can uh, help uh, make that happen but uh, I thought that was really good so uh, number uh, 26 we had Alexa Bliss and an absolutely yeah. huge pop for Alexa Bliss Again, I, I, yeah. yeah, I know that it was announced earlier on in the week that she was going to be in the Rumble um, but uh, I think she must have been really touched by the uh, by the ovation that she got and uh, well, yeah welcome back Alexa Bliss
1: and then and, and, you know another very divisive character because like uh, I mean I love Alexa Bliss I've loved her even when she was the little fairy character on an XT mm. and all that, and I could see that you know the potential there and the athleticism there, and you know you get people saying she can't wrestle. She does what she needs to do, but a character is there. The great get under your skin, and you know I'm so pretty, I'm so much better than you and everything else. So yeah. she doesn't she doesn't need to be you know a, a technical marvel or anything like that. She does. Exactly what you need
0: to do Absolutely, know? So. absolutely. Uh, so Bailey came out 27. Uh, Lana came out 28. Well, she kind of came out. She was struggling from an injury that was caused when Rusev uh, knocked into her uh, and took her off the ring apron during one of the uh, during the pre-show match against Shinsuke Nakamura. And then outcome: Nia Jax 29 and just leveled Lana, beating her down, attacking her injured leg, throwing her into the barrier. That pretty much put an end to. Nia Jax, Carmella came out 30 as we were expecting, Um, once all the officials were around Lana, you had uh, Fit Finley there as well and then the man came out, the man Becky Lynch came out and said look I want to take her place, she's not going anywhere, you know you've only got uh, 29 people in there, I want to be that extra person, I want to take Lana's place and after a bit of persuading Fit Finley says Go get them. And uh, yep, yeah, the, the crowd just of the, the place just erupted, uh, knowing that uh, Becky Lynch um, was not was not going to have that year that Daniel Bryan had when everybody was expecting him to be in there and, and was let down. Uh, they weren't yeah. let down on this occasion. And Becky Lynch um, went in there. And uh, yeah, w- w- what did you think? Did it take you by uh, surprise? Think- was you expecting that? I was
1: expecting Becky to turn up at some point. I didn't know exactly where they were going to slot her in, but I, I think the only problem I had with, I, I, see this is just me being old and pessimistic, but it's like um, when it got the, like, you've got Charlotte in there and you've got Naya in there, there was no sort of, like, anybody that was, I mean, Charlotte had been in there a fair while and, and stuff like that, but yeah. you didn't feel like it was a, a huge win because she's coming, and obviously she's taking the place of somebody else, in and storyline, and, story line, and yeah. it was all good, but it was just like, I felt like it needed to feel more important, like like you know she she overcome the odds or something like that. Just being slotted in like that just seemed a bit of a backdoor way of. Of getting it done but you know it is what it is and yeah. now we've got you know we're looking forward to Ronda versus Becky so it's
0: win-win. We are indeed so then the final four was uh, Nia Jax Bailey, Charlotte and Becky Lynch uh, Bailey gets eliminated, Nia Jax gets elim- eliminated by Becky Lynch um, and then Anaya shoves Becky Lynch off of the ring steps uh, mm-hmm. Becky lands awkwardly, she injures her left uh, knee so then it's left between Becky Lynch with this uh, leg injury and Charlotte and uh, eventually Charlotte gets eliminated Becky Lynch is the Royal Rumble winner, so um, yeah. uh, like I say, it was uh, slightly written in the winds, so to speak. We kind of knew yeah. that something like this was going to happen. But that's um, sometimes but,
1: good though, isn't it? Yeah. It's not, oh, it, it? you don't always have to be surprised. Sometimes the obvious answer is the right one, you know. But yeah. uh, my my only issue, and again, this is personal for myself, and you know, I know there's a few other fans that feel the same way, especially on my group, uh, yeah. you know, Cheap pop. Uh, but uh, you know, Nia Jax, I feel. Um, was one of these that was brought up? Maybe when she wasn't quite ready. Um, I do have issues with uh, bumping and a selling and stuff like that. But she's in the, It's it's the Ronda Rousey thing all over again. You can't just turn around to Vince and go, I don't want that push mm. or I don't, I don't want that opportunity. But I do feel like she's being shoved. That you know, people talk about Charlotte and she gets the opportunities because she's um, Rick Flair's daughter and whatnot. And you know, but Charlotte's got the skills. Charlotte, like you know. Did a time in the performance center, and she did a time on NXT, and she uh, very, very quickly got very, very good. You know, whereas Naya I feel, has got there. I mean, people can say because it's The Rock, whether or not that's true or not. But like, I feel that she's not quite the filiest article. You, you know, she could mm-hmm. be the killer heel. People think Karma and stuff like that, and obviously, you know, comparisons to the bigger girls with big killers and stuff like that. But one, I don't feel she fits the killer like package 100% and I think she has real issues with bumping and selling I mean you know when she bumps out the ring she basically walks out and holds the ropes she she, you know she um she can't sell a save her life, you know uh, uh, you should look like you're in trouble, not you know sell it for two seconds and then yeah. be adjusting your hair. you know uh, that was the best part, as I said, going back to the, the women 's matches, people looked in trouble, people were begging for those ropes. you know Shawn Michaels always used to say, when you get those ropes, it should be like it's saving. It. I'm not sure if the show occurred, but he's, he said when you get those ropes, it should be like it's saving your life. You know, that, that that should be the most important thing ever. And Naya forgets this. I mean, even when you look at last week's takeover, you've got somebody as inexperienced as Bianca Belair, who hasn't even been in the business for two years, yeah. uh, you know, wrestling. And she remembered all the way through that match when she had that sore arm. That, that's saw arm um, fed into everything whether you were doing a body slam or climbing the top rope or whatever, she remembered the cell and that's my issue with Nia, it's like she, oh, I don't need to do this because I'm in this spot and I don't need to make the effort, you know so.
0: Yeah, so speaking of Nia Jax, that's probably not, that's not the last we've seen her in this Royal Rumble so uh, we'll get to talk mm-hmm. about her a bit more so I've got, I've got a controversial question for you then David um, yeah. so does the main event, so, so we know that Ronda Rousey and, and Becky Lynch um, are mm-hmm. likely to main event WrestleMania, so does the main event of Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch, do they Need Charlotte Flair in that match also to turn it into a must-see, you know, first-class main event spot. Does it need a Charlotte in there to make turn it into a true main event for WrestleMania?
1: Asking from my personal standpoint, I'd say no. That I'm. You know, I'm bored with this this triple threat thing at WrestleMania, and you know the way it does, it does it handles triple threats, it's like a bit backwards anyway. Because it soon gets old when you're doing this. You know, somebody's going for a pin or a submission, and the other one's breaking it up, and then somebody's spending five minutes on the floor. I would prefer they did it the elimination way if they're going to do it that mm. way. You know, somebody gets pinned, and then it's the last two left. That that makes a lot more sense. That's a lot easier to watch, but. Looking at the improvement in Ronda, and looking, you know, the storyline we've got, the build, we've got the attacks, and you know, and you know, getting her on Raw, and like, you know, saying I left you laying in this ring, and all that. You know, the chemistry's there. I, I just think people feel it's going to make people again feel that. Charlotte's so entitled that she's just getting, you know, inserted into this, and it, it's not necessary. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just sitting here watching SmackDown a short time ago, and it was exciting, you know, and it's kind of interesting when Becky just, you know, drops uh, Charlotte. But we've been down this road before, you know. I'd like to see what Ronda Rousey and, and Becky can do on their own. Yeah, you know,
0: no. Nope. So. Very good, very good. So then we go on to uh, the match that I didn't pay a great amount of attention to, and it's Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. So I know <sighs> that the match goes 25 minutes, and they did have to follow that fantastic Royal Rumble match and that fantastic it's ending. Um, I mean, I'm just going to cover off kind of the last few minutes, and um, to the surprise of everybody in that uh, in that stadium and everybody at home, Eric Rowan made a return, um, yeah. dressed dressed in flannel, and he's he's got his uh, got his first name back as well. Um, so um, and and it appears that he's aligning with Daniel Bryan and he actually becomes involved in the end of the match. So uh, Daniel Bryan goes to hit AJ Styles with an inzuguri Accidentally catches the ref while the ref is down. Uh, AJ Styles attempts to hit a Styles clash on Daniel Bryan, which he does connect, but the referee is still down, so he can't make the count. Eric Grone yeah. comes into the ring, choke slams AJ Styles. We'll the fear ref-
1: slams. yeah, well, he grabs him. That's it, it's, it's,
0: it's a unique style, isn't it? He does grab him by the face, you're quite right. And then, um, Brian, uh, the referee comes to Bryan covers, the referee counts to three. Daniel Bryan is still the the, 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 the uh, SmackDown World Champion. Uh, what's your thoughts uh, thoughts on the match? Thoughts on Eric uh, Rowan? Uh... I
1: think it had weird positioning because, obviously, again, we speak to the you know the length of the events and stuff like that. But you know, these are two like wrestlers that any other time we'd love to watch and stuff like that. But I, I felt sorry for the crowd because obviously they're sitting there like probably five hours in or whatever it was now, and and you're giving them a technical match, which is always a slow burner. And you know, you're always going to build the submissions and you know the holds and what have you. So that was odd position. Maybe that should have happened earlier on the card, somewhere between the, the women's matches and stuff that um, well, well, but you know it was still a great match for people and it was still interesting but it took a while to get where it was going which was hard for the people in attendance I think.
0: Yeah absolutely so we move on to uh, Finn Balor uh, versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship Um, so this was uh, a really good match I think we knew we were going to get a a good match out of these two it only went eight minutes um, but um, uh, Finn Balor had quite a lot of the offense and the story of the match was uh, essentially uh, Finn Balor um, kind of uh, attacked Brock Lesnar by running him into or allowing Brock to run into the announcer's desk stomach first, and of course he had this diverticulitis a few years ago, and they were kind of playing off of that storyline, and it meant that whenever Brock was trying to dominate Finn Balor, to throw him into a suplex or an F5, um, he was was kind of too injured from his stomach injury to pull off some of the moves, giving Finn the upper hand now, um, uh, Finn Balor um, he he hit three successive topes over the top rope to the outside on Lesnar, and um, just before the end of the match, uh, Bella, Ballard, um hit his coup de grace on Lesnar, yep. um, he covered, Lesnar kicked out on the two count, and uh, then uh, immediately uh, applied uh, his okay. K- Kamara lock, um, and uh, that's it, the Beast uh, retained his championship, but for a minute there, he looked in trouble, and for a minute there, people, did, were, yeah. people were thinking, could Bala pull it off? What were your thoughts on the match?
1: I really enjoyed the match, you know, it was quite fast-paced, for, and it wasn't the typical, you know, somebody getting suplexed all over the place, um, you know, for five minutes, and then, you know, f mm. five, end of, but, you know, it was nice to see, um, you know, Lesnar looking vulnerable for once after he, you know, hit the corner of that table and whatnot, yeah. Um but yeah, it, it, I mean, I think what everybody wanted was about another five minutes. But you know, you, you know what the we've come to expect with um, Brock Lesnar matches. You know, it's a it's a show and intense match. But you know, it it, it did. I mean, bala has been kind of treading water on Raw for a long time, and you know, people have said heel turns. And personally, I would have liked to see him and the his uh, Balor club uh, turn heel on DX on the tw- was it the 25th anniversary. Yeah. And I, I thought that would have been an ideal time with the most you know eyes watching and whatnot. But. uh anyway it is what it is and ballad did his thing for a while and you know it was just there, kind of thing, having good matches, but not really, you know, having any traction. But I thought this kind of reignited and showed that, you know, he can be a threat and, you know, used right, he, he is a potential, you know, near top level, if not top level player. You know, so I, I really enjoyed it. But uh, another five minutes would have been nice, but I still enjoyed what I thought
0: So, absolutely, couldn't agree any more. And I'm intrigued to see what happens next with Finn Balor. You know, is his push going to remain? Um, is he going to get another another shot of the beast? Possibly uh, next time. As the demon, that could be quite interesting. I mean, there's yeah, yeah. a couple of pay-per-views between uh, now and WrestleMania. I don't know if the Beast or uh, Brock Lesnar is contracted to work on any of them shows. I know we got Elimination Chamber and then Fastlane uh, prior yeah. to WrestleMania. Well, a, a but a,
1: a um, pessimist would say he was only being pushed because there was rumblings about him, um, you know, jumping ship the mm. AEW. But um, apparently Lesnar requested that he wrestled against uh, Bala so you know. Uh, it speaks to you know his opinion of him, and you know hopefully uh, it might change Vince's uh, viewpoint on him. You know, not every small guy is a, a mid corner.
0: No, no. So, no. so uh, I'd I'd like to see uh, Finn Balor in a more prominent position with the company sometime soon. But uh, that was a good match and one that we can uh, one that we can look uh, back on fondly. Going on to the men's rule Rumble now. I'm not going to cover every single entrant. I'm going to cover some of the more interesting entrances. And like I say, because this is predominantly an, an NXT podcast, um, Johnny Gargano came out at number six, and he. Uh, uh, he hit quite a nice uh, slingshot spear through the ropes onto Elias, uh, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, Mustafa Ali came out at 13, and that was a good one, and he, and he eliminated Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, Drew McIntyre came out at 16, and he beat up the entire conga line, which was uh, probably the highlight <laughs> of the match for me. Uh, Pete Dunne came out at 18, and I was I was hoping and praying that Pete Dunne would be part of the Rumble, and he was, and he put in a really good show in, and you kind of look at Pete Dunne in the Rumble, and all that you kind of start fantasy booking, oh, could he have a match with Drew? Could he have a match exactly. with Andrade? That's uh, exactly
1: what I was unbelievable. doing.
0: Unbelievable.
1: <laughs> I was sitting there going, "Oh, Mustafa Ali and this one and, and Pete Dunne mm. and oh yes, oh yeah. And, and, and I like the little spot as well where he snapped the black fingers and the Black being the Black, of course, snapped them back you know, because he's Alistair Black. Oh, yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, there was so much, like, good stuff going on there. And, you know, people, and again, the people were saying, oh, I would have preferred the be all the Nostalgia ones in there and stuff like that. But to me, I thought it was far more exciting having the NXT guys in there. And it also kind of give you a hint of maybe where they're going. I mean, for Mustafa Ali to eliminate Shinsuke, and, you know, obviously you know, Shinsuke was top of the card, at, you know, this time last year, and sure. now he's got a pre-show. And, you know, for him to do that speaks to you know how they feel about Mustafa Ali going forward. And you know he's an exciting character for the kids. He's an exciting character for the the purists and the you know the ones that want to see the flips and what what have you. Um so it's good you know it makes you start to think hopefully the WWE is going somewhere because you know you sit for every interminable role and, and you're like oh my god I feel like it's rinse and repeat and I'm watching the same stuff in a different yeah. order and stuff like that but when you get something like uh, Mustafa Ali or another young one like Pete Dunne or whoever it makes you feel like oh well maybe they are going somewhere you know
0: mm, so. no definitely and uh, you mentioned Dallas Black he came out at 21 uh, Jeff Hardy came out at 24 Rey Mysterio 25 Bobby Lashley 26
1: Ray Mysterio just like jump into a lake of like rejuvenation or something (laughs) like that because he's not this way he's just like I don't know I haven't got the words to be honest <laughs> no I mean
0: it's, it's like you know it's like he's uh, wrestling you know a, a match of his from 20 years ago or maybe you that know means. longer than that he is uh, well he must be in his, his mid 40s now he's 44 yeah.
1: and, and, and you know people were talking about the Almas matches were like in the same vein as they were talking about Eddie Guerrero in 97 you know Halloween Havoc so you know that, that, it's amazing that somebody that's had as many knee surgeries I think he's had like seven or something like that knee surgeries and you know as I saw him in, in uh, RevPro a year or so before mm. against Marty Skill and, and it was, and I'm expecting a bog standard Rey Mysterio match and he just turned back the clock it yeah. was amazing you know he's so,
0: superhuman superhuman yeah. um, there was a, it was a really impressive spot in the match where there was this uh, Tower of Doom move involving Rey Mysterio Mustafa Ali Andrade and Strowman and I think Strowman was probably holding about three or four people up yeah. to be on this move and that was just an absolutely outstanding move probably the best Tower of Doom move I've ever seen um, yeah
1: and Andrade holding them up in that vertical suplex for a good while as well so absolutely that, that looked amazing
0: really good and then R-Truth came out at uh, 30 he didn't last long because he got uh, beaten up on the outside by or Nia R-Truth. Jax uh, uh, he doesn't he, he, no, he, he, what's up R-Truth he, he's not uh, not doing it for him but um, Nia Jax came out in his place so once again we see uh, another female competitor um, uh, in, in the men's rumble what sort of impact do you think she had on the Rumble this year? I mean, she had a, a bit of a face-off with uh, Randy Orton, uh, but then in the end, she did get eliminated after a super kick from Dolph Ziggler, a 619 from Rey Mysterio, then an RKO from Randy Orton. So uh, um, do you think, um, it, it did what it was meant to have done, having Nia Jax in there? I'm
1: going to say a positive thing about Nia Jax, you might want to hold your breath for this one, but it's like, that was actually that that segment of the Royal Rumble was actually exciting. And mm. um, now a lot of time you've got the last four in the rumble and you can pretty much pick one or two who are gonna win you know, like if if Dolph Ziggler's out there with Randy Orton and Roman Reigns, and you, you pretty much know it's not Dolph Ziggler that's going to be winning. So to you know, you had that uh, uh, mystery and the, uh, what's going on and who's going to win now, and you know, it, it, it was exciting for the time that it lasted. You know, I, I yeah. felt sorry for r truth because r truth this year, I mean, you know, people can say oh he's a, he's, a, he's a joke and he's comedy and this that and the other, but he's another one that's had a bit of a career resurgence just this year. You know, while he's entertaining and funny in the ring for a four year. Eight-year-old guy, or whatever yeah. he is now, he's still amazing. Which I felt a bit sorry from this week because I'd heard about, you know, the U.S. title change and whatnot, and i mm. looked at it, and it they just made it look like a complete fluke. And I'm thinking, does he not have any confidence in him wrestling a match? Because he is, he is capable. Yeah. You know, so uh, it was, it was a shame, but uh, it is what it is. But you know, it put Nia in a position of being the badass as usual, which uh, you know, whether you like that or not, but. It, it kept things
0: exciting, and that's the point, really, at the end of the day. It did. And um, it all came down to Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins as the last two. Uh, both of the competitors uh, ended up on the ring apron, and after a bit of two and a throw in, Rollins executed a curb stomp on Strowman. Strowman went out to the floor, and Seth Rollins was your men's Royal Rumble winner for 2019.
1: happy with that.
0: Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. I, I, I must admit, though, I, I think that WWE have really uh, missed the boat on Seth Rollins on a couple. Of occasions, there was a time when he when he went out with his injury in 2015. He came back in 2016. They did this uh, WWE Network exclusive documentary on him, kind of promoting him as a babyface. Everybody wanted him to come back as a babyface, and he came back as a heel. So that kind of uh, that kind of put a a little bit of uh, water on that fire, and then like uh, I say earlier on this year he was kind of red hot um, he won that uh, that, every
1: week on Raw. That, Basically, that gauntlet the match that went Adolio over an hour
0: so absolutely so that gauntlet match and then over WrestleMania weekend he, he won the Intercontinental Championship the following night on Raw and, and I was in New Orleans and I, I witnessed it myself um, he was the man he, he was so yeah. over um, at WrestleMania and on Raw the following night uh, but the, the, the WWE seemed to be too interested in pushing Roman Reigns now Roman Reigns is out and you've got Seth Rollins there is, is the kind of uh, filler, and he, he is uh, kind of yeah. worthy of his spot, most definitely. But I just feel that um, he, he's not quite uh, there, where he's he not quite cl- cl- clicking with me as he should be going yeah. into WrestleMania. So maybe uh, hopefully they'll reheat him ahead of WrestleMania. Yeah. But uh, they've got a little bit of work to do to get him back to where he was, Very you know, last mean, you year. Know, they should
1: have maybe pulled the trigger on him when he was white hot, as you said, when he was killing all those matches on Raw. And you know, it didn't matter who the opponent was, he, yeah. he was right there. My uh, other issue is they seem to have uh, kind of scaled back a bit on braun and it's just they're a bit hesitant to go with him any in any real way you know you you had him in the position for um brock lesnar and then he was pulled out of that and then obviously didn't win the royal rumble but you know it was seth knight and all that so you wonder if uh, vince is having a bit of trepidation with him you know and sort of um because obviously he's still a, bit, a good big green but again as we spoke about before you don't have to be a technical marvel always to succeed so uh, we'll have to see where we'll go with Braun, you know, and I think the flipping and flopping, I hope they don't big show him and, you know, basically have him flipping mm. and flopping from heel to face too many times because uh, that can uh, take the heat off as much mm. as anything else.
0: Definitely. I still say that Braun Strowman's best feud was with uh, Roman Reigns and I thought that some yeah. of the matches they had and, and the feud that they had was the
1: very That guy's a to some people. Well, uh, I, I, love, I love Roman, I, I don't care what anybody yeah. says. That guy, you know, it takes two to tango, as I say, and yeah. you know, unless you're John Cena. And um, no, but but <laughs> um, you know, um, Roman Reigns, and, and you know, good luck anybody booing him if he comes back from what he's got at the moment. And you know, best of luck to him. But uh, you know, he, he, the Daniel Bryan match, and uh, you know, he just keeps having good matches, and even with people that you wouldn't expect necessarily for him to do. The you know, these people who say he can't wrestle are just simply not paying attention, them.
0: Finishing Move Limited, specialising in simple, stylish, and versatile items to elevate your everyday. Check out their Instagram at Finishing Move Limited and find their elevated essentials range at finishingmovelimited.com. so let's move on to NXT um, I think we'll agree that we, we can kind of put a bow on Royal Rumble and I think we'll both agree that it was a really good show uh, but mm-hmm. moving on to NXT um, so the start of this week's NXT shows highlights from Saturday's uh, TakeOver Phoenix show uh, which we're both a big fan of I'm sure um, and oh, it was yeah. an, a, a very superb show uh, you can hear all about uh, NXT TakeOver Phoenix in my review that I did with uh, uh, my wrestling buddy uh, Matt Bayliss uh, on yeah. Wrestling with Jonas from Monday, um, the the matches uh, that David, uh, David and I are going to be reviewing tonight are from the pre-show from Saturday's takeover. So the first match um, that they saw before the main card on Saturday was Io Shirai and Kyrie Tane versus Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. So what was your thoughts going into this match, um, and what did you think of it overall?
1: I thought, given the limitations of the opposition, again something we discussed earlier, the, it was a really good match. You know, I mean, obviously you've got top competition with Io and uh, Kyrie, but you know the. the they didn't look completely out of their depth. the depth. You know, people were saying you know they couldn't work and whatnot. But you know, they did the, the technical, you know, so sort of MMA style, and mm. th- they're all going to evolve. They're still very early in their career, so you know, you, you can't be too harsh on them. And it, the put, you know, the crowd seemed to enjoy it. I certainly enjoyed it, so I didn't see any problem with it, really.
0: Yeah, and it, it looks like um, the, the WWE officials are getting uh, serious about Io Shirai and Kairi Sane being a, a tag team because they've given them a tag team name now. They're now called the Sky Pirates. I don't know if you noticed that that um, no, so uh, it. It, it makes you wonder whether they've got uh, thoughts on maybe bringing them into the main roster to be part of the uh, women's tag team division but but even so yeah. they've got a, they've got a, a tag team name now and I thought it was a, a fairly good match for what it was uh, the match only went eight minutes uh, there was a lot of ground holes and a lot of groundwork from the uh, from as Duke and Shafia um, as yeah. you would expect and then as soon as uh, uh, Kairi Sane got tagged in the hot tag of course she was flying all over the place some really good moves uh, the end of the match Uh, happened when let's have a look Uh, so Curry Sane uh, managed to get the pinful victory after her insane elbow but one spot in particular that I liked before that uh, was their kind of assisted pop-up um, elbow, elbow drop, drop. where, where yeah. Shirai kind of launches Sane up into the air and she comes down crash down onto, a, uh, onto her opponent with a, a solid elbow drop so that's kind of quite a good combo but uh, Curry Sane did manage to win the match with the insane uh, insane elbow after eight
1: minutes Die Pirate sounds like a, a license to print money for the kids as well that, 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 that's a hat and a lunchbox and everything else <laughs> in between
0: it really is it really is uh so that was a fun match uh, put up but i haven't seen of fear win a match so far since they've been on nxt certainly not on tv anyway i know that they lost to sane and shirai in their debut match on nxt tv a few weeks back um yeah. but i can't understand kind of the, the logic behind them kind of losing two matches like this um hopefully they'll they'll get some wins in the future and i think they do show a lot of promise uh, but i'm pleased that io shirai and Kairo sane won the match here um so yeah a, a good fun match to open the show
1: I enjoyed it definitely. Yeah. Hope ho- hopefully more good things coming from the Sky Pirates. Yep. On one upwards.
0: Yep. Uh, so then we see a backstage interview with Johnny Gargano after his win at uh, Takeover Phoenix. He said that Johnny Takeover wins, and Johnny Takeover is the new NXT North American Champion, and that uh, winning feels great. Uh, yeah. And then we get well, a back sweet. we do, and then, <laughs> and then we get a backstage interview with Bianca Belair after her loss to Shayna Baszler at Takeover, and she said that the title was literally in her fingertips, and that she will uh, take away the title from Shayna Baszler. Um, she then goes on to tell Sam Roberts uh, to kiss her ass. I think there was something. Yeah. On the pre-show I I, that he said, uh, about, I don't know
1: what what that was really all about. I don't I, mean, I, I don't know where it's leading storyline-wise. where no. she basically said she wasn't a competent opponent for her. Well, I really thought she was, you know. But they, you know, given our experience level, I, I thought it was a really good match. And I really enjoyed it. So
0: yeah, know, I um, did as well. And, and she she was actually, I think, um, my favorite wrestler coming out of Takeover Phoenix for the way that she, you know, the way that she told the story of the, the injury, yeah, because, her own I mean, injury. Yep
1: before that, like, you know, she obviously had that bit of arrogance which had turned a few fans off the way you couldn't doubt doubt her, you know, ability in the ring and the athleticism especially, but, you know, that that storyline, and again, it, it made a few people turn off it after seeing all of the, the high spots and everything of Ricochet and Gargano mm-hmm. and that, but this was a storytelling match. It wasn't about spots and flips and stuff like that. This was about, you know, the determination of Bianca to win versus the, you know, the desperation almost of, their uh, you know, she' to hold on to it, you know, even using the horsewomen and every other trick in the book to hold on to it. And I love, you know, I don't care what people say about her physical appearance or, you know, she looks like um, Baron Corbin, some people say and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but she is a killer and she's like an old school heel. She doesn't care if you like her, hate her or anywhere in between, you know, she's going to get the job done, whether it looks pretty and ties a like, nice little knot on it or mm-hmm. whatever, but, yeah. you know, she is fantastic at what she does and I hope she succeeds if and when
0: she makes it the main roster as well, well which I'm sure so. I, I, th- I think she'll go up to the main roster sooner rather than later and uh, yeah, yeah I, I think she's going to do really well there then we get a, a, a backstage interview with Matt Riddle and uh, he says that he broke Cassius Ono and that he would break anyone who he faces in the future um, so a bit more character development there for Matt Riddle um, w- then we see um, some backf- backstage footage of the brawl that happened after TakeOver uh, went off <laughs> Last Saturday night. Fight. That's <laughs> right. So the, the six men uh, was uh, Alistair Black, um, Velveteen Dream, Ricochet, Tommaso Chumper, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole, and they're going to be um, competing in a six-man tag match uh, this coming half-time. Sunday as, 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 a, as a, a halftime heat um, during yep. the Super Bowl halftime, and that will be on the WWE Network, Facebook, YouTube. Um, looks like like say at halftime during the Super Bowl. Definitely so uh, be tuning in for that one. That should that should be a good one, definitely. Um, and then there's a little promo for the Worlds Collide special which uh, airs on the WWE Network this coming Saturday where we see five wrestlers from NXT five wrestlers from NXT UK and five wrestlers from 205 Live uh, going up against one another um, where the winner of this tournament will have an opportunity to face a champion of their choosing um, and um, I, I think uh, uh, looks like you may have read the spoilers but uh, there's been some developments regarding that um, over yeah. the last uh, day or so but I'm not going to kind of spoil anything here you'll hear about that yeah. on uh, future NXT episodes in the future and then we get kind of the main event of the show the street prophets versus the forgotten sons so i was not looking forward to this match going into it but it actually ended up being a, a tidy little match and i was uh very impressed with the street Profits. i'm a b- big fan of uh, montez ford uh, but An- angelo dawkins actually showed me something in this match where um, he showed a bit of emotion a bit of character he showed some of his power moves um, but in the end steve cutler and wesley blake from the forgotten sons actually came away with a win uh, what did you think
1: Um, I really enjoy it, and as you said, I mean, Montez Ford, I keep looking at him, and as much as I like Angelo Dawkins, you look at Montez Ford and you think future you know, single star, you know, mm-hmm. much much like uh, Bianca and like, like, uh, his over half, yep. and you know, he, he's fantastic, he, he's got charisma, he, you know, he's, he's he's got that connection with the fans, and you know, he's highly athletic, and you know, I, I almost feel sorry, because there's nothing wrong with Angelo Dogan, but you know, and uh, back in the day, he was supposed to be going to be in, a, uh, like, a sort of uh, shoot-fighting um, team with, and it was going to be Chad Gable and all that, and I never made it to TV, unfortunately, mm-hmm. because I thought that would have been quite interesting, but, you know, the street Profits have developed from almost the you know the comedy bushwhackers of them, the NXT that nobody takes seriously the, to a, a competent tag team, and yeah. you know you could, could you honestly see them going for the NXT tag belt at, at one time or another. Um, but Montez Ford
0: is is definitely the one to watch and the star of the future if the, if they don't mess it up, uh, you know. So. No, definitely. And Montez Ford was involved in in one of the moves um, of the week, as far as I'm concerned. When he did that breathtaking leap in somersault planter over the top rope onto Cutler on the outside, the height that he got. I mean, I mentioned uh, in last week's NXT episode that the height he got on his um, frog splash um, uh, on but his on his uh, uh, <laughs> and, and and he kind of just showed his, his pure athleticism here with with the height he got um, over the. Top rope there onto his opponent, but uh, the guy is a phenomenon, and uh, I think that uh, um, th- uh, the uh, um, the management team uh, behind the curtain are definitely paying close attention to him. And if they are, I think he could be going a long, long way.
1: It makes it makes me want to see a match between him and Ricochet because I would imagine mm. that he, w- he would barely be a step behind him. You know, obviously there's the experience level for Ricochet, but it will be an exciting match. You know, can you top this kind of thing? You know, but uh, much like the
0: Velveteen Dream match. So now we're going to go into uh, your and and mine favourite subject, which which is NXT UK. Um, yeah. So uh, this is the uh, the episode aired last night, the 30th of January, um, but this was recorded as part of the um, NXT um, Aftermath tapings, which took place uh, the right. night after um, Takeover Blackpool. Now, um, you were there, weren't you, David? So, I was, uh, you, yeah, you was yeah. there for night one and night two, weren't you?
1: I was. Ah. Um, I got reminded about that by a lot of my <laughs> friends the next day who put pictures of me, of me looking half asleep uh, in, the, in the second row. Look for the half people... But, uh, yeah, that, that's me. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, TakeOver, I mean, you talked about uh, my favourite shows, that's definitely up there in the mm. list of TakeOver shows. I, I mean, there was a high expectation because, obviously, NXT takeovers in the States set the bar very high, yeah. you know, and um, we're hoping that we'd get something that was even a fraction as good, but we're needn't to worry with, you know, people like Mustache Mountain and, you know, uh, all that. So uh, it was, and, uh, again, an experience, it wasn't just the the... The show itself, it was, the crowd was fantastic. Um, I must admit, I felt that on the second night, they weren't quite there, but it did come across well on TV when I watched it back. At yeah. The- it flowed quite well the crowd seemed to be quite good uh, it didn't seem as good on the night I think it was probably because I was in the 12th row instead of the 2nd they yeah. probably put a bit of a dampener on it but uh, you know and and it set things in motion with Walter and where things are going from here so you know you can't really uh, you can't ask for anything more at this mm. point and, uh, and and again it's it's development into its own brand it's not just the developmental people it's it's you know it's exciting and, and as many people would have told you the night after the Takeover or the same night it, it was you know, TakeOver is the bar that really Raw needs to set itself to and all the other show. I mean, SmackDown's watchable, but Raw is, you know, we all say it's far too long.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, it could do with, uh, you know, an hour cutting off it and, you know, just concentrating on the wrestling and less of the gar- I think that's the thing about NXT. It's like there's less of the gaga. It, it goes back to the days of when you watched WCW or something where you got, Matches and promos about the matches and what this one's going to do to that one and a reason to fight. It's a good guy, as Jim Cornette said, a good guy and a bad guy and a reason to fight. That's yeah. all you need. You don't you don't need diva searches and all this other you know hoo-ha and you know wrestler courts underneath the ring and yeah. all the rest of it. You know, and just get on with the wrestling. That's what we want to see.
0: And speaking of wrestling, the first match of the night was uh, Dave Mastiff, the Bomber, Dave Mastiff versus Primate. So both men square off uh, with a couple of uh, body checks to start. The match uh, before massive levels. Primate with a running crossbody. Uh, Primate appear to have quite a bit of uh, support from the fans in Blackpool, so uh, he, he seemed to kind of get a good reception. Uh, would that be right in saying that, David? I,
1: I would. I would say a lot of it is because obviously um, there was a while ago where we thought that the Primate uh, Jason Prime was. Was done like you know he was putting on his social media that he'd had a serious injury, I think right. to his jaw or something like that, and he may have been done. And you know how it is, we all tend to be a bit pessimistic with wrestlers when they say they're hanging it up because they never really do. But um you know, and and I think it was just that feel good thing of the and, oh yeah, you do, you're doing well now, you know you've you made it to NXT, good for you kind of thing, you know. So yeah. and, and 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 there was that good vibe all week, weekend long, and and, and I love. Dave Masters, for me, he's everything creator should have been on World of Sport, you know, he's, mm. he's, he's athletic, he, he, he's a personable fellow, if you've ever had the pleasure of meeting him, and, you know, and and he's got that character that, you know, him and Eddie Dennis, I really enjoyed that monster feud and whatnot. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. You know, With the uh, end of the... I- the end of the match comes in, in this one here when uh, uh, Dave Mastiff launches Primate across the ring with the German Suplex and he follows it up with his uh, trademark uh, huge running cannibal um, and then uh, say hooks a leg and pins Primate in six minutes. Uh, but quite an enjoyable match. Primate had a little bit of offence there and he did manage to get Mastiff down um, after a couple of clubbing blows. But um, it's a, a, an obvious uh, result at the end but quite an enjoyable match, I would say.
1: Yeah, and, and I think it's also nice to see these fresh faces that we know from the... like independent Sugar yes. getting the, the bigger stage and you know oh oh it's nice to see her or him or, on that stage and, and getting the shot whether it's temporarily or on a longer term basis. I mean, you know the, the pessimists again see that like brands like this are uh, killing the business and this, uh, but the business is, is never looked better right now. You know the British scene that is like you know the envy of the world. You know you've got the Americans tuning in and everything like that. Mm. They, they love what we do, you know, and and we've had we've had the luxury of having like Matt Riddle over here and uh, before he signed with uh, NXT, yeah. You know, and and we're just we've just been spoiled really, you know, uh, compared to the, the years ago where you oh my God Chris Hero's coming over and like and it was once in a blue moon and now every week you can see somebody if you a big star if you want to
0: it really is a good time to be a wrestling fan in the uk so moving on we, we then see highlights from takeover blackpool uh with the wild ending when uh Ty- tyler bates got clotheslined lined off zach gibson's shoulders from a james drake dive uh onto I the outside call. um uh, and, and then before they put trent seven away with their ticket to mayhem finisher ending up the, the first ever nxt uk tag team champions uh so you then go on <laughs> sorry say that I said GYV I love, I love the Grizzled Young veteran oh most definitely uh, and, and they were out um, to do their announce to their audience as new tag team champions so Gibson reminds us that he is Liverpool's number one and while every other tag team were focusing on coming up with catchy nicknames they were focusing on one goal uh, whilst Mustache Mountain were focusing on finding shiny new pants him and Drake <laughs> were focusing on one goal uh, Gibson uh, said that take over Blackpool they stole the show and became NXT U UK tag team champions and they sure did take uh, you know steal the show on that occasion Sid Skyler then comes out Onto the stage and congratulates the new tag team champions and told them that uh, they will not be short of challengers. He said that uh, uh, you want the opportunity to prove why you are world renowned champions. Uh, Johnny Saint has set up a match between Drake and Gibson and Only Larkin and Don- Danny Birch on uh, future NXT uh, for the NXT UK Tag Team Championships and that will take place soon. And I think that uh, they were recording a few episodes of NXT UK while they're over in the states and That's I think that you. that match uh, possibly got recorded over the weekend will be. Uh, On our TV soon. So that's definitely going to be a a pretty awesome match. I'm a big fan of only Norkin and Danny Burke.
1: Definitely very physical. Um, And then, um, I mean, uh, uh, again, no secret, I I love the Grizzled Young Veterans. Mm. Uh, I'm fortunate enough I've got fighting spirit on my doorstep and I, I get to see them perform them um, for their own company which they run uh, right there and you know I mean I don't think you it, either um, you know right now Zach Gibson has got the best heel heat of anybody oh, in yeah. the industry you know <laughs> I mean they're making up a to, to chance chan- I was there at the uh, Royal Albert Hall when they were taking the shoes off and everything else I was there for the people and all that so it, he, he is unreal and, and his promos just get better and better and you know more power to him and James Drake if he
0: ever gets to speak But well <laughs> but, yes uh, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he tries, the, tries occasionally the he, yeah he gets a chance eventually but uh, I think from their match at takeover Blackpool the one thing and I said this in my review of the show one thing that I absolutely loved was the fact that James Drake um, he doesn't have the spotlight shine on him very often uh, but that that was his match that was his match where he yeah. kind of put his stamp on it and people actually you know r- recognised him for being the superb and- that he is yeah, yeah. he really is uh, completely underrated but I think that that match really shone a big light on I him I never you know? had
1: any doubts I saw I saw him and Fabian Eichner at a progress show and they absolutely stole the show it was a fantastic match and you know that both of them are so underrated and it's just on to and from here
0: absolutely so then we see a graphic on our screen showing uh, a match that they've made for next week which is going to be uh, Leggero versus Mark Andrews so that will uh, be covered here on next week's episode and that should be a cracking match was that recorded while you was in uh, Blackpool David?
1: Uh, I believe so. Yes, yes, and the, and the fans flat out refused to just call him Laguerro. He will we'll always be on Laguerro. Uh, exactly, so. exactly. I'm sure that, and it was a bit of a strange one that because the, you got a baby face dynamic uh, against each other, so the fans really didn't couldn't decide. You know, they just, I mean, I think they just enjoyed the spectacle. Really, you know, the athleticism on show, and we always know we're going to expect a good match from those two. They'll always deliver, you know. So, but it, it is a weird one. throw throughout there, you know, when you've got that uh, baby face versus baby face dynamic, but. Yeah. It's very hard. Somebody usually has to play subtle heel. Unfortunately, they didn't in
0: this case. But still, a good match. Absolutely. And and, and now we're going to talk about kind of the, the match that I've been looking forward to all week. And you could probably give your your uh, insight in this. But uh, Walters' NXT UK debut against Mark Stars. Um, so yeah. w- w- what an amazing entrance and theme music for uh, for the ring general. Music. Absolutely love it. He's just he's, he stood there on the on the on the ring entry on the uh, ramp uh, with a bright light behind him and the music starts. It's uh, must have been uh, 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 ch- 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 you know, Goosebumps when you were there in person?
1: Uh, definitely, especially the first night when he walked out and faced up with Pete. Mm. Don't excuse me a second because so I'm going to cough. Um, <coughs> but um, yeah, Jack Stars, I thought it um, was quite amusing because he had a kind of star um, like graphic, and I thought he's going to need his energy drinks and whatnot when he's getting in there with Walter. But um, yeah, I was hoping for a few more chops, being uh, used to seeing <laughs> what. Um, What I found found strangest of all was uh, what that seems to be favoring using the power bomb to finish people off rather than the sleeper hold
2: that we
1: kind of know him for. So I'm just wondering if that's where he's going to stay with the power bomb, or you know, go go back to the sleep bank. But either way, he's. um, He's amazing as he, because he's there. He's something to deal with, but um, absolutely, and, and, and we can't wait you know, soon enough for him and Pete Dunne to get in there and absolutely tear the blazers out of each other. I mean, I've seen them work uh, on a on DVD on a WXW show, and that was good enough. But on this bigger stage, it's probably going to be something you know, something
0: else. So. Yeah. So, so the match went three minutes, and Walter um, he, he kind of nearly finished off uh, Mark Stars with a, a running drop kick, sending Stars uh, into the corner, and then put him out of his misery with an almighty powerbomb for the three counts and it was an impressive powerbomb um, so I've, I've always liked uh, the big powerbomb moves from the, from the big guys like uh, oh, Sid and Kevin Nash and <laughs> and, absolutely and I think it's it's, it's made to measure for, for somebody like Walter so uh, long may you continue using that move so uh, yeah uh, 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 an awesome debut and I think uh, that the fans truly loved it it only went three minutes but uh, definitely a fantastic debut one that we'll remember and then we see Walter walk backstage where he's greeted by uh, first of all and outraged Joe Coffee. Um, then Walter comes face to face with Mark Coffee. His, oh, was well, it Mark co- Coffee? i oh, my uh, apologies. Uh, they look very similar. <laughs> I know you're quite right because I know that uh, it was announced later on in the show that Mark Coffey yeah. and Walter will be facing each other next week, so that's going to be a pretty right. good match. Yeah, yeah. But then even more interesting in the segment, uh, Walter comes face to face with his former ring camp stablemate Marcel Bartel, Of course, we know him formerly as Axel Dieter Junior. and yeah. uh, alongside Fabian Eichner. And Marcel tells Walter that whenever he needs uh, friends over here, they've got his back.
1: I was I was absolutely drooling at that moment. Mm. I, I would not lie to you because. The way I see the the way I'd play it anyway, I don't know where they're going to go with this, but I would say like, well, uh, you know, kind of refusing. I want to do my own thing, um, you know, respect, but I'll I'll do my own thing and you know, just basically, you know, palming them off over and over again. But then eventually, when it comes time to face. Pete Dunn, maybe having them for backup because obviously Pete's got, you know, mustache mountain and British strong style and all that. So it would be and then it it leads to, you know, combinations of those matches which again will have me drooling, you know. So that that uh, whichever way they go with it, whether he decides to be the man or we get a, a larger, more nasty European Union, mm. then it, it's it's a win-win situation again, isn't it? So.
0: It is, it So, is. But uh, that was a really good segment. Um, and then we went on to a match between uh, Ginny and Casey Owens. Um, so this was a little bit back and forth, but uh, Ginny managed to get the, the win in the end. Um, now, I think that she won via her uh, makeover face buster from the turnbuckles mm-hmm. for the pinfall victory. Uh, so the the crowd did appear quite quiet through much of this episode and, and you did say that it, it probably came across different on the tv you did say that yes. they might have been a bit quieter on night two compared to night one um do you think it was because it was a different audience or because they had such a an amazing I, I night think, the, the, the night yeah, before what do you think
1: the, expectations and mm. expectations the night before coupled with maybe a little unfamiliarity from a few fans yes. for these the newer faces but it seems they're going with Ginny maybe uh, you know reliving and reigniting that feud with Tony over the the you know the new belt but yes. uh, hopefully um and it was nice to see um Casey you're getting an opportunity again on the biggest stage i would seen her the night before up on the balcony along with the Scottish contingent right. and um, I'm thinking I'm wondering why she's here just you know <laughs> just taking in the show uh, uh, or Whatever, but you know, and and again, she's come along a lot in the last few years. From you know, somebody that you were sort of, oh, she's a bit kind of, uh, yeah, she's okay and all that, and now you know. She's really getting there with the aerials and the character and what have you. So I'd like to see her in NXT UK on a more sort of full-time basis. You know? yeah. So hopefully that, that'll happen. Um, but Jenny, uh, you know, great at being a heel. Uh, one little side note on that. Uh, Jimmy Havoc absolutely hates the fact that she does hurricanis when she's a heel. Ah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he, he said so. He said, you're a heel, don't do you know? so. But uh, that aside, you know, I mean, Ginny's great at being the super bitch, you know. Yeah. And the, and then the fans have got their set of uh you know responses for her which is always funny and uh and and I will look forward to if that's the way they're going with Tony and obviously you know who I'm gonna be cheering for. Yes. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll put that aside. I'm trying not to mention that <laughs> <laughs> people think I've got a one track main but well, yeah I never
0: mean. so moving on we've got uh, let's see after confronting Johnny Saint and Sid Scala backstage Ree Ripley was granted a rematch for the NXT UK Women's Championship against mm. new champion Tony Storm as uh, so we've just Yay. mentioned Tony Storm yep you're very happy yeah. with that so we will, we will see that match in three weeks time and I'm guessing this is another match they have recorded while they are over in the States uh, mm-hmm. we then see a tweet from General Manager Johnny Saint who announces a match for next week's show between Mark Coffey and Walter um so yes, I thought it was I wasn't sure yeah, Mark it was definitely Mark Coffey. You are right, yes. It is um, Mark Coffee. I can guarantee
1: you Mark Coffee <laughs> because I watched the match. It was <laughs> it is actually a good match, so I won't spoil it for you, but it is a
0: good match. Right, we look forward to that one. So then we have our main event of this week's NXT UK, Mustache Mountain versus Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Now before we kind of uh, talk about the rundown, I just want to say we all love Mustache Mountain, of course we do, but I've been yeah. really, really impressed with Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner over the I last over the last couple of weeks on NXT, NXT UK. Um, they had a match last week against Oni Larkin and Danny Birch that was absolutely off the charts I think it was only yep. a five minute match but they did so much in it there wasn't a lot of storytelling it was more moves but it was just yeah. one big move after the another it was, it was awesome absolutely awesome so um uh, yes uh mustache melting uh are of course recovering from their loss uh, against Drake and Gibson at takeover Blackpool and in one spot uh, from the match Fabian Fabian Eichner launches bait high up into the air bringing him down to worth kind of face and chest first so that looked quite a painful He's machine, bump. Isn't he? yeah He's he really is um let's see bait manages to power out of a body scissors li- lifting um his opponent up Fabian Eichner before uh, tagging in Trent seven uh, there's a, a great power bomb from seven on Eichner before executing a snap dragon suit. So suplex on Bartel, so lots of fast-paced action here. Uh, the match goes 16 minutes, and the end of the match comes after Fabian Eichner gets bundled to the outside, allowing Baton Seven to hit their clothesline, Snapdragon, Suplex combo for the pinfall victory over Marcel Bartel. So um, former NXT champions uh, win on this occasion, and uh, a really good match, a very enjoyable. Easily, 16 minutes. match
1: of the night, and you know, oh. and and super talents involved as usual. But you know, I mean, for me, and I'm sure you've noticed it too, like, but like you just look at Marcel Bartel and you look at his mannerisms and his look. And, you know, everything about him just, to, to me, says money and superstar. I could see him in the mix on the main roster with... Um, Velveteen Dream and everybody else just just becoming like a a new set of superstars. You see the problem with WWE at the moment has always been you've got the top star, whether it's a John Cena or Roman Reigns, and then you've got everybody else. It was nice when we had that choice of if somebody went down, you always had about four, five, six faces that could then fill-in, whether it was Triple H, Undertaker, Kurt Angle, whoever, you know. And, and, and We need to get back to that where we've got a little bit of variety in the main event scene, you know, not, not just him and everybody else, you know, so the that is the for the future for me. It's like your velveteen dream and your Marcel Bartel and uh, many others. Mm. But you're Pete Don and you know. But I think that's what. If I don't know how anybody couldn't look at Marcel Bartel and not see superstar because I think the, his mannerisms and every, even the fact at the Liverpool tapings that I was at not so long ago that he got over the nine chance. Just saying the word nine yep. was over and <laughs> and the people remembered it at Blackpool and did it again. You know so. So uh, hopefully that, that'll that help them and shift a few t-shirts for them as well. So. Definitely.
0: So I think NXT UK, I, I've, I've championed it since day one, and I know you have as well, David. But it, yep. it, I, I think you know, a lot of people are saying it's the hottest brand on uh, WWE at the moment. Um, you've been there, you've seen it. Uh, would you agree that it is the hottest brand on, on WWE at the moment? well I've never been lucky
1: enough to get over to the States for an NXT takeover there but you know it, it's right there it isn't it, what week to week it's like either NXT or NXT UK yeah. you know closely followed by everybody else you know it's like you know, and obviously everybody's got their own brands of they like, whether it's new at AEW or Ring of Honor or whatever. But consistent, you know, mainstream TV show, you you can't go wrong with NXT or NXT UK. It's consistently entertaining. There's new characters, there's young stars. You don't have to be six foot five. I mean, look at Tyler Bay. The guy's what five eight, five ten, and yeah. and again a machine. You know what I mean? And 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 likable, and personable, and all that. So. There's something to get behind. Everybody's got something that they can latch onto and enjoy, whether it's the women or whatever. You know, it's a brand that's building on itself, and it's just a feel-good factor because you've seen these people when there were nobody. Oh, mm. uh, I don't like to say that, but like, and you know, they were in your local. Yeah. Um, uh, Church hall or whatever, and now you see them succeed, and then we can all feel good about that,
0: you know. Absolutely. Well, David, uh, that pretty much draws us to the, the end of this episode. I think we'll agree that uh, NXT NXT UK uh, was a was a definitely a thumbs up show this week. I, I thoroughly That's enjoyed me. both of them, um, and uh, they've just uh, taped uh, another three or four weeks uh, worth of NXT from Full Sale um, last night. So uh, we'll be seeing them episodes come through from next week. So lot, lots of development there, and uh, hopefully we can talk to you more about NXT and NXT UK in the future, David.
1: Yes. We lied. We lied to the fans. We went over. <laughs> Excellent. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Just a little bit, but that's a good thing. I think. I, I think. I feel like, for the first time in a long time, like wrestling is going in a very positive direction. It doesn't matter if you like AEW. It doesn't matter if you like wwe whether it's nxt or whatever there's things to look forward to instead of going oh god you know i'm, I'm doing this out of habit rather than out of enjoyment you know so it, it is a good time for all fans i think
0: it really is it's a fantastic time so uh, thank you very much for joining us this week David. Thank you. We hopefully we'll get you along again uh, for the ride uh, sometime in the future um so that draws an end to this episode of wrestling with Jonas. i hope you've enjoyed this episode and um, if you did please don't forget to subscribe and shout about this podcast tell your friends tell your family keep listening to wrestling with for all of your weekly NXT UK, NXT, WWE, Progress Wrestling Updates. Uh, you can listen to this podcast pretty much uh, anywhere where you get your uh, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbean, YouTube, you name it. We're pretty much on there. Um, you can get in touch with the show if you want to. You can email the show uh, wrestlingwithjohners at gmail.com. You can visit our Twitter page at withjohnners underscore pod. Uh, We've got a YouTube page where you can listen to this podcast or see all my videos from New Orleans from April last year. Just simply search Wrestling With Jonners. Or you can visit our Instagram page um, at Wrestling With Jonners, as simple as that. So that's pretty much it for this week. Thank you very much. Thank you once again to David and um, hopefully speak to you all soon.